0: Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door. Having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hi guys. Thank you for coming back again for another episode of Telling COVID Border Stories. I'm telling you, you are going to love today's story because it is wild and you are not going to believe what you're about to hear. But just before I introduce our guest, I just want to show everyone something that you might not be aware of. Most of you would have one of these. I don't know if that's backwards to you guys, but um, it's an Australian passport. This is my Australian passport. Apparently, it's a legal document, right, that gets us all around the world. In the very front page the first thing that you open up to in your australian passport can i just read to you what it says it says the governor general of the commonwealth of australia being the representative in australia of her majesty queen elizabeth ii requests all those whom it may concern to allow the bearer that's me an australian citizen to pass freely without let or hindrance and to afford him or her every assistance and protection of which he or she may stand in need just thought you all might like to know that that is what it says at the front and so you're going to hear a wild story today I want to welcome Amy thank you for joining me Amy
1: no thank you for having me and doing this for everyone
0: (laughs) oh look I'm just hoping I mean I've gotten to the point where I'm a mama bear that's been poked and so I'm like I'm happy for everyone to jump on the journey and if I can help Anybody. Um, And I think all of us feel like that in that Facebook page. We're all like want to help each other. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So a lot of
1: relatable people and relatable comments there, that's for
0: sure. So true. And I'm I'm getting sick of hearing the media telling, they're not really telling our stories, they're just getting like the police commissioner Mm. or someone else to comment. And it's a whole heap of garbage, usually what they say. (laughs) All of us know what's really going on. Okay, Amy your story is wild i don't even know where to begin but it beggars belief do you want to to just start off by telling us who you are and what you
1: do yeah well so i'm amy and um, i'm actually the founder of a mental health organization based up in um, north queensland in townsville so this has just taken a whirlwind that i would never have even been able to expect or anticipate
0: absolutely what what is your um business called
1: uh, it's called Be Kind Townsville. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, so and we reduce the know? stigma of, um, sorry, <laughs> we, you you we aim to, um, yeah, we aim to reduce the stigma of mental health. We go out to schools, have some talks about the effects of kindness and how we can look after our mental health. And, you know, it's been a wild ride to be away for that for so long now as well as um, hopefully, you know, not, not knowing when, when I'm going to get back to it as well.
0: Totally. And now that I know your story, I think it's even more funny that your business is called Be Kind because um, you have not been shown kindness uh, when you got to Townsville. But we'll talk about that in a minute. So you're you're, um, a resident in Townsville up north in Queensland and you came to Victoria because of the passing of your pa, which... I'm so sorry to hear about. I know how close I was to my pa and how sad I was when he died. I'm sorry to hear that. So what happened? You and your family went into Victoria where there was no lockdown, no sign of any cases for your pa's funeral?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, No signs or anything like that. Where we're actually located and where we held my pa's funeral is located extremely rurally that when we say the name of where we are, no one has any idea of where it is um and we came down purely on the basis that we had you know the full we thought that we were going to get home within four days of coming down here um but unfortunately and obviously that hasn't turned out to be that way so that happened back in July and and now it's October
0: Yes, yeah, so you came down for the funeral knowing that at that stage that you would just be able to get straight back home like normal because there were no cases at all in Victoria at the time. So did the outbreak happen when you were over there during the funeral, like just after a few days after the funeral?
1: I'm not sure, to be honest, with the particular dates around when an outbreak happened or when the lockdowns were. I just know that we've been to a couple of lockdowns since being here. Um But we've been lucky enough to be rural, so it hasn't affected us as much as it has those in Melbourne, for example. Yeah.
0: So you jumped on the plane at the beginning of August to return home?
1: Yes, my past funeral was 2nd of August. A couple of days after that, we would said, all right, well, it's it's time to get home. We've got our border passes. Everything's in check. And um, (laughs) we got on a plane going to Townsville, got my other sister ready to pick us up at the gate, Um, only to get off the plane and be escorted and, you know, bunched up by about 12 cops and said, you're not actually going home today. So hang on, you
0: had a border pass, you got on the plane, you flew home, you got home (laughs) to Townsville and you had a thing that said you were allowed to home
1: quarantine? Yep, 100%. We showed the police that and they said, sorry, we know it says that, but we can't, rules have changed. How far on the tarmac did you get? we got, so we got huddled into this little room. (laughs) We got off the plane, huddled into this little room, surrounded by about 12 cops. And that was as far as they let us go. And then they gathered us and said, we're going to let you all know now that none of you will be going home. You'll be on another plane and you'll be going back to Brisbane which we didn't come from Brisbane. <laughs> did they, no, you didn't,
0: you didn't come from Brisbane. You, so you showed them your thing and said, hey, but look here, I've got permission from the government to quarantine in my home. What did they say when they saw that?
1: They just shrugged and she said, I'm really apologetic and I know that it says that, but we've got the directive that we cannot let any of you leave this area. So 20, like, metres away from a door of freedom and next minute we've been here for months (laughs) I think I would have legged it out of there (laughs) (laughs) honestly I think we were about that close (laughs)
0: oh my gosh it would have oh I don't know how you stayed kind I would have been so Mm -hmm. mad and now there were some other people on the plane though from South Australia right who had been sitting on the plane with you guys what happened to them
1: yeah so 20 of us all in um, all on that one plane and then eight were from South Australia who transited through the Melbourne airport and they all were allowed to go home and go home quarantine in Townsville. So they were allowed freely despite us mixing and sitting near each other and doing all of that. And, you know, if we were COVID positive, they were just as much of a risk. Um, But they all got let through and anybody that was coming from Victoria directly got shipped back and there was 12 of us. And, And there was, you know, a couple of young kids on there that, was just heartbreaking to watch them <laughs> yeah and so you
0: got put back on the plane talk to me about that and where you sat and all the other people that were on the plane who were also mixing with you guys
1: kind of yeah well so so we actually yeah we actually um from that moment onwards they gave us a directive to say you'll be getting on a plane at about you know 10 o'clock that night uh we weren't allowed any food or drink the jet star staff had just walked blatantly passed us on the plane as if we were, you know, absolute criminals. Um, and they had put us aside and said, well, you you lot, you 12 people must board first and you must stay at the back of the plane uh, in these rows. And it was two rows, two police who escorted us in front of us. Uh, and then it was one spare row and then the rest of the other travellers. So... They all let us on. They even gathered from the back. So they walked past us to gain entry to the plane anyway. All the air hostess, you know, doing their food and drinks. Uh, they walked past us, literally didn't even acknowledge us. So, did they, did they not even give you, did they give you food and drink on the plane on the way back? No. So I went and offered everyone, even the police officers that we were with and offered them. And, you know, even when they said no, they were like, are you sure? And walked straight past us so we weren't um we weren't offered and we weren't even looked at or spoken to when we were on the Jetstar plane. I can't believe that you you were completely Mm.
0: discriminated against for one reason you came from Victoria.
1: Yeah and and we put in complaints and everything and Jetstar's simple reply was oh you should have taken it up with the air hostess at the time
0: this is this is what's bugging me is no matter where we go to say please someone help me no mm. one is everyone's like i wash my hands of it you know um yeah
1: everyone so- wants to point the finger at, at someone else so it's less stress on them
0: <laughs> yeah so so when you got back to brisbane what did you do did you go from a plane from brisbane and then did you go back to did they send you to victoria
1: So we got off off in Brisbane. They said, you either stay in hotel quarantine for the 14 days here or you make the decision now to go back to Victoria. Uh, And given the situation we were in, we thought, you know, struggling with mental health as well. We had said, for now, it's best that we go back to Victoria, be in a a space where we know, and then we'll work out another way to get back home. Um, So the police were like, yep, that's all good. And then we all caught a bus collectively And we went to the Novotel Hotel in Brisbane. Um, We were in there. We got there about 2 a.m. that morning. And so it had been an extremely long, (laughs) I think it was 24 hours. We spent seven hours on a a plane just travelling Australia, um, (laughs) numerous hours in a bus and then in the hotel quarantine. We spent about 10 hours there and then we were allowed out and, from all the quarantine stuff to the airport, it was police everywhere. There was army. There was everyone controlling until they said, "All right, well, you're free to go." Ten hours later, and just said, "You can go sit out the front and wait for your taxi." We were so, under no. So you weren't you weren't made to quarantine or anything back in Victoria. So if you
0: if you stayed in Brisbane, you would have had to have gone and paid. By the way, paid for hotel yeah. quarantine. So you decided to go back home, be with family. And, and so yeah. when you arrived in Victoria, after being escorted by police and the army, and I know what that looks like and feels like, I've watched <laughs>
1: that happen. You feel like a criminal? <laughs> it's like, the serious? only thing that was missing was chains. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm surprised they don't bring them in. Um, <laughs> I think give it some time. It, once you hit Victoria, they just let you go. Yeah, so even from Brisbane, the moment we were... Like they even walked us down in the elevators and everything from Novotel, and the moment we left that hotel, they said, all right, be free. So we could have waltzed around anywhere in Brisbane. Oh, really? And they had no no security whatsoever on us. It was just out of our honesty that we did catch that plane. So they just left you in the Brisbane airport unsupervised? Yeah. They didn't even get us to that. They just said, we've got a taxi for you out the front of the hotel. He'll take you to the airport and, you know be on your way so yeah it's only out of our honesty that we t- did get on that plane and didn't gallivant around Brisbane and drive back you know straight back up I think that's what I would have done <laughs> <laughs> honestly in hindsight <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah but I think it's because we didn't realize how long this lockdown would be in Victoria you just think oh you know yeah. maybe a maybe a week I mean, that's what they were told to start with. I think they were told three days and then that became seven days, which became two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, yeah. five weeks. So you obviously now had to apply again for a pass. So did you apply for a border pass?
1: Yeah, so applied and then they uh, blocked the borders again for that two-week period. Yeah, that was- and then they obviously just said, All right, well, everyone reapply because um, that's what everyone wants to do. <laughs> and so I did reapply on the 6th. So the second day that they had opened up for applications. And you haven't haven't heard anything yet? No. We have, like, I, it was the original the three days. So I said I wanted to leave on the fourth day after the application. Um, Third day I rang and, yeah, they said, oh, sorry, we've changed it now to 10 business days. Called on the 10th business day and he said, oh, yeah, I see your application, but you've called on the 10th day? (laughs) You need to call after the 10th day. So I was like, all oh, right, that's that's cool. I'll call you tomorrow. Called back the next day and they said, sorry, the rules were changed to 8 p.m. last night. It's now no time limit. And I was like, every day it's like you get that close and then they just strip it away from you. So you yeah, you start to lose hope after that happens numerous times.
0: Yeah, yeah, you really do. And you feel like you mm-hmm. wonder if the person that you spoke to on day 10 knew that the rules were about to change and put you off you know.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you say that actually. So with the whole flight dilemma up uh, from Melbourne to Townsville, the original one, the police were extremely sympathetic with us, but they also told us that they knew about it five days prior. And it was actually Jetstar who were refusing to let anyone know.
0: Because of the money?
1: Well, I think so because they got our money. They haven't given anyone a refund. And then the Queensland government had to pay them to get us all back to Brisbane.
0: Are there quarantine hotels in Townsville? No. Why didn't they just fly you to Cairns?
1: Oh, well, that would be ideal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good idea.
1: So, yeah, well, we thought um, that that could have even been the potential that we get off, and then they say, "Well, look, there's nothing here. We'll, I don't know, bus you, or we'll fly you back to Cairns," but. There yeah. was no, no offer of that it was a simple you going yeah. back to Brisbane so tell me With the Novotel they... out of all places
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> did you have to pay for that stay in the Novotel
1: by the way no okay. they said because you're only staying for a few hours um that's it and to anyone who has lasted two weeks in there god my heart goes out to them because that is a tough setup in there oh really yeah, yeah. there's no fresh air you have to, you know, it's an eight by four room. There was four adults in our room. You had one kettle. You had no kitchenette. It was, um, yeah, it was very claustrophobic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that there's people that are having panic attacks and all sorts inside that situation, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tell me all the things that you've done. I know that I saw that you'd written written letters to, you've got letters from like MPs and all sorts.
1: Yeah, so we, um, we reached out to our local member and also our local federal member, and they both wrote supporting letters um, for our family to be able to return home. Um, we, we're still in contact with those members, but they're like, we haven't heard anything back. Um, the, you know, the government, what they have heard back, one heard from the government said it's a QPS issue, and the QPS have said it's a government issue. So, again, like I you said that. before, it's a bit of everyone wiping their hands, you know, clearing their own slate. So,
0: yeah, there's there's an awful lot of that. And did you even
1: go to the paper hmm. as well? Yeah, so we went to our local paper up in Townsville. Um, so we went to the Townsville Bulletin there. They wrote an article about it. Um, yeah, we reached out to many, like, other medias, such as Studio 10 and A Current Affair, but with no luck with them guys um but yeah it's you try everyone says oh try your local members or or you know talk to the politicians go to the media and we've done all that and it's still we're, we're still not getting anywhere
0: no I know I mean mm. I um my my daughter's situation is not dire like she's safe and all of that but we want her home mm. but I um I opened up a complaint with the Human Rights Commission and I got an email back on Friday telling me that it was going to take six months to even begin an investigation?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> we actually... Um, <laughs> we, yeah, if that's not signs of the times, I don't know what is. Um, we've actually also reached out to a... Um, uh, what are they? An... Um ombuds um ombudsman. ombudsman, I ombudsman. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, picking up what I'm putting down. And he has said, Oh, have you gone into um the you know the rights, the human rights people? And we're like, no nah. And he said, don't bother because it's already a six month wait. So I was like, I am proof of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It goes to show that a lot of people
0: are making a lot of complaints.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people have obviously felt that they need to make that complaint based on the effects that it's had on their human right.
0: Yeah, and I think, um, look... To be honest, I've never bothered looking at the human rights until all of this has happened, but now I'm really up to speed with human (laughs) rights, (laughs) particularly because Anna Palagé enacted the Human Rights Act in 2018 here. And um, in Section 19, it says that we have the right as Australians to move freely around our country. And in Section 58, it specifically talks about we have the right to freely move uh, in and out of the state of Queensland. And so... The government are in breach of their own human rights. The police commissioner, did you did you see the police commissioner yesterday on channel nine? Someone posted it on our Facebook page how he commented about everything that was going on with the border passes and how he said it's no, against I the law. It. Yeah, he actually said it's against the law to discriminate and it's all being it's all being processed in chronological order. And I'm like, the police commissioner just lied.
1: Because <laughs> we all- <laughs> literally <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst thing when we're um we see so much on the group that we're part of um and we're getting more information from each other than we are the the police or the government because we're just getting there if they're not you know cleaning their own hands then they're just blankly lying or they themselves don't actually have an idea so they've got to face up to the cameras and try and say something that looks impressive
0: <laughs> yeah because i reckon in my mind it's like they no one has the power except for two people here right now Anna appellage and jeanette young they seem to be the mm-hmm. only ones that are able to make calls because you know the nrl yeah. thing look we're recording this on a sunday this will come out this week but the NRL know yeah. is yeah. happening tonight with forty thousand yeah. people you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> but your Anna will be front seat <laughs> With her new boyfriend, <laughs> yeah. And <Yeah. laughs> um, I, um, I also saw that she went to a um to a cafe where there was a um whatever it was where there was a case, but she said that she didn't need to be tested or, you know, she didn't have to quarantine. And I thought, well, that's bloody convenient.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Because if that were one of us, we'd have to be quarantined straight away. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of unfairness and um. I know that people have wanted to believe that the government are trying to keep us safe, but I just don't believe that anymore. I'm like, mm. no, I'm sorry, you actually don't. Not when you've got NRL people here. Not when you've got people like you. If they really wanted to keep you guys safe, they would have let you go on and home quarantine. You were home. You arrived on your own mm.
1: turf. You know, okay, yeah, you're and- tested. Fine. <laughs> and we were 20 metres away from that door where my sister was parked and where we live from the airport is 10 minutes away. So we would have gone directly home in the same car, not had any interaction with anyone, um, gone home, home isolated for the two weeks. We were happy to do that. Instead, yep. whatever went through their brainwave, it was kind of like, actually, let's put them on multiple other planes around the country <laughs> and really? potentially infect more people. Even though we've we've tested negative, we've never had COVID um, and we have the jab, so... But literally, you could have gone and infected,
0: like you said, all those other people. Like common sense has gone yeah. completely out the window. Yeah. And and this is what's getting uh, me. Australians need to stand up. They need to stop just going, okay, yeah. yeah. So like, and I know that it's hard to stand up because who do we talk to? No one is helping us. But at mm-hmm. least I feel like our voices together have got to make a difference, you know, because the government are there for yeah. us. They're there for us. They're there to serve us. We're not there to serve them. Yeah. They're here to serve us. They're appointed by us. We are in a democracy. What, what kind of financial effect is
1: this having on you? You can't work. Like, uh, you're not. <laughs> We've been lucky enough, um, me and my parents, to get some financial support from Centrelink. Um, my sister was already on Centrelink because she's a full-time student, meant to graduate in October this year. Unfortunately, that won't be happening um so she is on I think what Centrelink give her for being a full-time student is about $520 a fortnight
0: maximum that my daughter's
1: in that yeah and and she she's got a higher car for all of us and that costs her I think you know 540 a fortnight so she's actually losing money it's we're pitching in with what we've got from what we're you know getting from Centrelink and everything but Mm. it just She's at more of a loss than she is at a gain. So it's been extremely tough. Um, Mum's resigned from her job and now she works or she will be going back to work with my dad um, as he owns his own business. But, yeah, we're... (laughs) It's... um, And, you know, we've still got... Like, my parents have still got a mortgage up there and they've got their caravan and car down here that they need to have back up in North Queensland to go to work. So if they can't drive home... Yeah, they're not going to be able to have what they need to continue work up there. So it's another restriction even if we do arrive back to Townsville.
0: Yeah, and and getting your car back that far, I mean, I know just getting it here to Brisbane from Victoria's 800, it's probably going to be more to Townsville, but then a caravan as well.
1: Yeah, I think they looked it up and it was a fair few thousand. so. (laughs) (laughs) So with no income, so...
0: Yeah, absolutely. So can people still access your business online? Like if anyone wanted to, because I know there's such a tight, you know, minimal um, amounts of of mental health at the moment. The resources are stretched. Like is there? Yeah. What does your business do?
1: Um, So for anyone that wants to like and and help out with that and even put the message out for themselves and those around them, we sell a whole bunch of merchandise with um, positive messages on them as well as like pretty in-your-face messages um you know some such as on the back it says you know if you're looking for a sign to not take your own life then this is it so it's quite in your face it's a big one but you know it it does in our eyes have a major effect on those who are walking down the street and see that um but yeah so people can go there we do have a whole support page there that links you up to pretty much any of the support you want whether it be for a specific um illness or if it's just the, you know, the basic general support that you get such as Lifeline
0: and all of that. So people outside of Townsville can access that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we still have some people up in Townsville who are doing the, like, so I'm doing the ordering from here um, and people up in Townsville that I've got are dispersing it. So people are still able to get some support. So one way that we could help uh, it's, you. Yeah, as for Townsville, we've... So people... Uh, <laughs> um, so what was the question? Sorry, people.
0: So people can jump online and order your merchandise and that would help to support you.
1: Oh, 100%. That would help support me and hopefully, you know, in the long run, support them and those around them as well. So it's a it's a win-win. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you you are such a positive, beautiful person to talk to. That the moment that we jumped online together, I was like, I am going to enjoy this conversation thoroughly, which I have. <laughs> and we we almost made it. It's just at the end, it's been glitching, but I might have to, I'll, I'll get some of that edited out. So um, but Amy, thank you so much for joining me. It's actually been a pleasure. Um, and I'll make sure that the link to your business goes um with this part. We'll have a look. All right. Well, we'll probably have to hang up since the internet's not working. But thank you, Amy. Hey, guys, as you would have heard or seen if you were watching YouTube, Amy and I got cut off, mostly because she was so rural out there in Victoria. Um, But I just wanted to finish off that conversation um, that Amy and I were having. Firstly, to say that we wish Amy and her family all the very best to getting back to Townsville. (laughs) They should be able to make it onto um, just more than being on the tarmac. I think as well, something that we can all do is support her business. Um, Amy's actually got an incredible story that I actually read about later after I met Amy um, and the struggles that she's been through personally. She's really inspiring and her business that you will be able to find, the easiest way I found it was on Instagram, Be Kind Townsville, all one word, Be Kind Townsville. Uh, And on there, there's a link to her website. And one way that we can support her is by um, buying... of the merchandise which has got amazing little captions and positive um, affirmations on there so I would encourage you to do that but what Amy was going to do at the end having been someone that understands mental health and um, she was really keen to share with you all different um, bits of advice and tips to help you and so she messaged them to me and I just wanted to share them with you so Amy said a couple of things that we could do would be to um, remember to take things day by day and sometimes hour by hour. And I would say, particularly for those of you in this lockdown or locked out, I would say out of out of your state, I would say that advice of taking things hour by hour, because sometimes looking at a whole day can be really um, discouraging. Um, and she said to remember to control only what you can. Don't try and control the things that you can't. That's a lesson that I've been learning. Um, Even just yesterday, I was like, I've got to let go of some of the fight that's just like causing me too much stress. And so, you know, learn to let go of the things that you can't do anything about. Um, She also said to reach out to those around you. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be a chat about mental health, it can simply be a chat about anything. And I know working with young people, that's one of the things that we talk about that when a young person is escalating, and they are, um, you know, in a place that Um, you know where they're um, really facing a crisis mentally that one of the best things you can do is just to talk about something else you know watch a fun YouTube together or um, I was going to say go for a run or a walk which if you're not in lockdown you probably can but just talking about something else and distracting yourself um, is a really good thing to do and Amy said that connection is the key connection with other people so don't stay by yourself don't stay isolated and I know sometimes that we can think, well, other people should be the ones reaching out to me. They should be able to understand what I'm going through. Um, but, you know, sometimes people, even though they're well-meaning, um, um, if we sit and wait for them to reach out to us, we might be waiting for a while. So, you know, be the one to make the first move, be the one to reach out to somebody and make that connection. So there you go. Don't forget, uh, you can support um, support Amy by supporting her mental health business in Townsville, which by the way, they have a partnership with Headspace in Townsville. And I know some of their proceeds go towards that. So be kind Townsville. Thank you for joining us. And thank you so much to Amy, who shared her story and just was such a bright beacon. I loved her- chatting with her, her smile, her positivity, her um, she radiates hope. And so, um, yeah, let's go along and support her. But until then, guys, thank you so much for listening to another one of our telling COVID border story episodes.